All right, this is going to be one of those episodes where I just kind of pick the topic, and I'm going to see where it takes me. I did take some notes for it, but I didn't necessarily finish them. So we're going to see where this episode takes us, and that episode is how to pick whiskey as a gift. I thought that would be appropriate with the holidays coming up. A lot of you might be looking for gifts for the whiskey lover in your life. Maybe that's how you ended up here. And so before I start, in case there's any new people here, my name is Chris Chapinar, and you're listening to the Whiskey Noobs Podcast. And since this is not a review episode, I will be doing a mini review of a mystery whiskey to get us started, and you can try to guess by the end of the episode what that whiskey is. It will be from the past two months whiskey list, so that's October and November right now as of the recording of this. So I'm going to start off with that. I've decided to make these quicker. I'm just going to do the palette. That way it makes it a little bit harder to guess and also makes it a little bit quicker so we can get to the main topic of the episode. Now, this whiskey that I'm drinking right now has a good sweetness to it, and I'm always surprised by the amount of sweetness that it has to it, actually. Uh, It starts off in the front end with probably like a caramel and has a little bit of an earthiness to it. I would almost attribute it to like an old wood. Uh, That's all you're going to get for the beginning, and I will be reviewing it probably once or twice more throughout the episode before you can guess what it is. But to get started on how to pick whiskey as a gift, I thought this was important And I wanted to do this episode because it can be tough. It's tough to pick out a whiskey, especially if you don't know a lot about whiskey, for somebody who maybe collects it or, you know, likes whiskey. Or if you really like whiskey, sometimes it's hard to pick out a whiskey for somebody because you don't know what if they don't like what you like, you know? So there are a few different situations like that uh, where you might be buying whiskey for somebody. And I'm going to try to run through those as best as I can. And I'm going to start off with the easy one. And that's going to be buying a whiskey for a collector. So I'm just going to try to throw out some tips. This is mostly based on my experience of buying whiskey for people and also having whiskey bought for me. I've been a collector for a little while now, and I've had a lot of people buy whiskey for me. And I kind of know a few ways you can make it easier on them, and then also things that are helpful for a collector, things that are not helpful, things that are helpful to helpful to know if you're buying for a collector. And the first thing that I want to say is something that I've always just kind of wanted to say to people who buy whiskey for me. And that is if you're buying whiskey for a collector, there is very little chance that they're going to be disappointed in what you buy them. (laughs) Most collectors are going to be happy to be receiving any whiskey if they collect whiskey because you collect whiskey, you like to have whiskey on your shelf. So if somebody buys me whiskey, even if it's not a high shelf whiskey, I can use it to mix. I like whiskey and sometimes I mix my whiskeys. So there's nothing wrong with just buying a whiskey for somebody. I do have some more specific tips than that, especially if they're not a collector, but I'm going to start off with collectors, right? So the first tip for a collector is if they're a collector, they may have made a list already of whiskeys that they want. Most collectors keep a list probably on their phone. They may not share it with people of whiskeys that they want to try. Maybe it's not even on their phone. Maybe it's just in their head. I mean, mine's pretty much in my head of, I want to try that still. I got to try that still. So A lot of collectors at least have it figured out in their head, and if you were to ask them for a list, they would give it to you, but I know you might not want to do that because you don't want them to know necessarily that you're going to be buying a whiskey for them. Uh, So the first thing is maybe they will supply you with a list, and if they do, like for example, I used to send one out to my whole family and say, these are the whiskeys that I'm trying to get right now, 
uh, then that makes it really easy and you don't necessarily need to continue listening, but maybe you want to because you want to pick something that's not on their list. Uh, now that the other side of that is maybe they made a list and none of it is in your price range. So for both of those situations, I would say to continue listening. If it's not in your price range or you want to get something off of the list that's not on the list, uh, then continue listening. But that's the first one. It's the most obvious. If they've made a list, then it makes your life really easy. But maybe you want to be a little bit more thoughtful than that. Maybe you can't afford the things that are on their list, and that's totally fine as well. Now, the second most obvious thing is maybe they've talked about a type of whiskey, or maybe they have a general favorite. Like most people who know me know that I love Buffalo Trace. Most people who uh, like bourbon either love or hate Buffalo Trace, uh, and a lot of people know that I land on the love side of that. So, uh, a lot of people who know me, if they found Buffalo Trace and it's really hard to find in the store, they'd probably just buy it for me. So if you've heard them talking about a type of whiskey or if you've heard them talking about a specific type of whiskey, you can use that to your benefit. Now, when I say specific type of whiskey, and I'm going to say this as if a lot of people are listening who maybe don't know a lot about whiskey, maybe you just searched how to pick whiskey as a gift and that's how you landed here. So a couple of clarifications are when I say type of whiskey, have they mentioned that they specifically like bourbon, specifically like scotch, specifically like Irish whiskey, Japanese whiskey, Canadian whiskey. There are all other kinds of whiskeys, but those are the main ones. If they specifically mention that, like they love scotch, maybe they even said like single malt scotch, that can give you a hint as well. There are categories of whiskey. Yes, bourbon and scotch fall under the whiskey category. They are whiskeys. There are a whole bunch of episodes about that in the beginning of this show, the first few episodes of this show. And if they've mentioned that, then you do have a little bit of information that you can continue to go on. And so that's a good way to narrow it down, at least if you've heard them mention that. Now, maybe you haven't. And I do have some more general tips in case that does not apply to you. As I mentioned, tips for collectors. They're probably going to be happy with anything. Take a deep breath. It's no big deal. I know sometimes people get very tense about the gifts that they give. I say that because I'm one of those people, for sure. I always am like, I really hope they like it. I'm one of those ones who gets really excited to give my gift, and then I'm really worried that they're not going to like it. So they're probably going to be happy with anything. Take a deep breath. They're going to like whatever you buy for them. Okay. Now, the next thing for a collector is if they don't have a list, you don't know what they want, blah, blah, blah. All of the things that I already mentioned, if you can see their collection, maybe this is a significant other and it's really easy to see their collection or a good friend or a family member and you're always near their collection. Most collectors display it pretty well. That's why it's behind me during my podcasts. If you can see their collection, either A, try to get them something that they don't have or B, try to get them something that they're almost out of. Now, the almost out of can be a gamble because of the fact that maybe they're almost out of it because maybe they mix it because they don't really like it very much. You don't really know why they're almost out of it, uh, but it could also pay off really well that, oh man, that's sweet. I was almost out. Like for example, for me, I love bullet bourbon and I'm almost out of my bullet bourbon and it's like, oh man, I'm going to have to get more of it. So a lot of times you just want to replenish your collection and you know that they have drank it before. You're taking the gamble that they didn't like it, but with some collectors, if they don't like it, they'll just throw it away or get rid of it. So you're, you're kind of walking the line there, but it could be a, a, a gamble that pays off. Now, like I said, the other side of that would be get them something that they don't have on uh, in their collection. If you see their collection hanging on their wall, maybe try to get something that they don't have. 
some collectors, that's going to be really hard because you're going to be like, there's like a hundred whiskeys there. How am I going to know that it's something that they don't have? You don't really know. But also, if they collect that much, then maybe you want to find something very niche or niche. I've heard it pronounced both ways, but I think it's niche. I'm pretty sure I Googled it. Uh, maybe you want to find something really niche, like from a craft distiller, like maybe local to your area. Distilleries nowadays are like spiders. They say you're never more than six feet from a spider. I'm pretty sure you're never more than six miles from a distillery nowadays. So maybe get them something local, something they haven't had before, something local to a different area. If you're in a different area, if you can, if you're making a trip, you know, to a city a couple hours from you, maybe get something local to that city, something like that. That's always a good idea because they've probably, if they have a huge, gigantic collection, they have probably already tried a lot of the staples, a lot of the really good ones. And so you can get them something really specific and see if they like it or not. And then the flip side of that, if they have a really small collection and you're able to see like the 20 whiskeys, I don't want to say it's a small collection because mine's not too much bigger than that. Um, but if their collections on the scale of zero to 20 or 50 whiskeys, there's probably a lot of staples that they haven't tried. So if you can look at it and say, okay, I don't see, maybe have something in mind already, maybe have like three in mind. And if you look at it and you say, okay, I don't see Maker's Mark. I don't see um, Glen Morangy. I don't see many scotches, something like that. Then maybe you can get them something that they don't have on their wall already. Uh, and for a beginning collector, speaking from experience, like I said, I'm still on the scale of less than 100 whiskeys. Uh, there are always a ton of staples that you haven't tried yet. I mean, there are so many that I haven't tried, and I run this whole podcast, <laughs> and there are a lot of staples. There are a lot of whiskeys. When I say staples, I mean really common whiskeys that a lot of people really like. If you Google the 20 best bourbons, there's going to be 20 different lists online that all list a different variation of bourbons, and I guarantee you there are a ton on there that I myself have not had. So you can always try to find something they don't have, especially if they're new and it's a staple that they haven't had. They're really going to be excited about it. I can tell that you that from experience and as well, if you're looking at their list, I mentioned maybe they don't have a lot of scotches. That's another thing that can kind of go one of two ways, but my tip for that would be if you see that they have a lot of bourbon and like two scotches your best bet might be to just get them a bourbon because clearly they very much like bourbon. The flip side of that could be maybe they're starting to get into scotch and they want more scotches, but you know you're safe to go with a bourbon because they really like it. They've bought a ton of them. That's a little bit specific for some people, and I know that it can be hard, especially if you don't know a lot about whiskey, but if you can see their collection for a few minutes and maybe even ask a couple questions about it and just see... You know, do they have 20 bottles of bourbon and three bottles of anything else? Something like that can be a good help to buying for a collector. And that's probably your most difficult collector, right? Is somebody that your only hint is seeing their collection. Now, maybe you haven't even seen their collection. And this is where it starts to get really hairy. Stick to the main rule, which is they're going to be happy with probably anything. Now, if you do hear them talk about their whiskey, and it's not hard to get a collector to talk about their whiskey. I literally make an entire podcast where I talk for hours on end about my whiskey. <laughs> so it's not hard to get us talking about it. If you can get a collector talking about their whiskey, maybe they'll mention that they collect bourbon. Maybe they'll specifically say bourbon or scotch. If that is the case, then that probably means that that's their favorite. That's what they mostly collect. So keep that in mind that, you know, scotch and whiskey 
are two different things. Just buying a general whiskey is different than buying a scotch whiskey. Scotch is a subcategory of whiskey. Same thing with bourbon. Same thing with Irish. All the categories that I mentioned. So if you can get them talking about their collection, which won't be hard like I said, then that will also provide you with some hints if you haven't seen it. The final way to approach this, aside from just buying them something, that is always an option. Just go into the liquor store, maybe ask the person what's a good whiskey and buy them that. What's a, what's the best whiskey I can get for $30? Go ask them and buy that. That's always an option. Now, the last option, if you don't want to do that, would probably be, and this one seems obvious, but pretend that you want to get into whiskey and ask for tips. Now, they might tell you a bunch of beginner whiskeys, which is probably what I would do as well, but maybe steer the conversation in the direction of what they like, right? So you could say, I think I want to get into whiskey. What bottle should I buy? And they're going to be like, oh, you should buy. And they're going to say their favorite beginner bottle. That's not necessarily their favorite whiskey. And then you can say something like, oh, well, is that what your favorite is? And from there, you can really get some information. Once again, they're not going to be very suspecting because it's not hard to get a collector to talk about their collection. (laughs) That's the number one rule of all of this, probably. So that is all of my tips for buying whiskey for collectors. Now, the next step, the next phase or level of this is maybe you are worried about getting them a whiskey because you don't want to disappoint them. Maybe they're the type of collector who, I don't even mean this in a mean way, but is just a little bit pretentious about their collection. I can be pretentious about mine sometimes. And I'm not this way because I, I like lower shelf whiskeys because I'm scared to drink my expensive whiskeys. But let's pretend like you know a collector who they, they don't pretty much buy anything under like $40. They, you very rarely see them. You could ask them about that, ask them about the prices. And everything's like over $40 and you don't want to buy them that. The next thing would be you can also just buy them whiskey related stuff. You could always, t-shirts are always like a go-to, like something that has whiskey on it. Maybe something from their favorite brand. If you get them to tell you your favorite whiskey, most of the big names out there have merch and you can buy something like that. Uh, Maybe you buy them Glen Cairns because maybe they don't have a lot. Maybe they only have a couple and they have to wash them all the time. Or just really cool whiskey glasses. Um, I mostly drink out of Glen Cairns and, and maybe they only drink out of Glen Cairns or rocks glasses or whatever glass they normally only drink out of. Uh, but I'm still the type where I would love to get cool whiskey glasses just for every once in a while. Right. You never know if you're going to like a different type more, especially there's some really neat tulip shaped glasses nowadays. I've talked about tulip shaped glasses. You can Google all that online. I don't want to make this episode insanely long, but you could Google different types of whiskey glasses and try to find them a cool and creative one, something like that. Um, If they're into cocktails, or even some people just do this to straight whiskey, you could get them a smoking kit for smoking glasses. Uh, Now, what I mean by that, not like smoking cigars, but it is actually a kit where you burn wood, you char it up, get it smoking, and put a glass over top of it, or sometimes it'll actually like fall into the glass. They have really cool stuff out there right now for this. Uh, And it'll actually give like a smoke flavor, and then when you pour your whiskey or cocktail in, uh, it will taste kind of smoky, and you'll get the smoky smell as well while you're drinking it. And it just creates a different experience, and it's very enjoyable. I I like it, especially on old fashions. Um, Well, I guess that depends. I've had them done very well and very badly before, where it kind of tastes like a bonfire or it just tastes good. Anyhow, um, that's another thing that it's just like a gadget and, and we're collectors. So most of the time we're into like gadgets and stuff. 
Uh, another thing that's really big right now would be large cube molds, large ice cube molds, or large ice sphere molds, or the ice wedge molds. You can look up different types of whiskey ice, and you can scroll for hours um, if they like their whiskey on ice, and they might not. Personally, I pretty much always drink my whiskey neat. You might have listened to the last episode and heard how Bryce and I were not big fans of drinking it uh, on ice. I do it sometimes, especially in the summertime, so I would still be happy with a nice ice mold. Uh, And the big thing is that I make cocktails a lot, and I love having the cool, funky-looking ice in my cocktails, especially uh, old fashions I make very often. So if that's the case, then you'll probably want to get them something like that, and those are usually really inexpensive. So that's another idea, any kind of a gadget like that. Once again, if they like cocktails, then uh, bitters is another thing. They make all kinds of different bitters. Bitters is an ingredient. It's alcoholic, and it mostly is for smell when you're drinking the cocktail, but it does give it a different flavor, but you mostly smell it like strongly. That's why uh, sometimes they're called aromatic bitters. Aromatic meaning you smell them. Uh, And they make all different kinds. They make, uh, I personally have Angostura or Angostura, I don't know how you pronounce that, bitters. And uh, I also have cherry flavored bitters right now. I just had an old fashioned that was made with chocolate bitters, which was different and I liked it a lot. Um, They make all different kinds. There's orange bitters. I don't want to list them all right now. And I definitely wouldn't know them off the top of my head. But that's the point is that they make all different kinds. They're less expensive than a whiskey, but more expensive than an ice mold because they are alcoholic and they're really good. So they're really good if you like old fashions, I should add that, or if you like any cocktail that's made with bitters. Um, So if they're into cocktails like I am, um, I collect whiskey, but I also love whiskey-based cocktails or normal cocktails. Then moral of the story is you can buy them something for that. I also have like, for example, cool looking cocktail toothpicks for adding garnish to your cocktails. That's another thing. Little gadgets like that, if you're afraid to buy them whiskey, or maybe not afraid, but just nervous to buy them a specific whiskey, you can get them gadgets like that and they'll probably like it. Or merchandise. I just took another sip of that whiskey, and there's definitely a little bit of fruitiness in it as well. It's got those that bakery sweetness that I mentioned, and definitely that little bit of earthiness. And then also there is there is some fruit in there. I haven't nailed it down. I probably won't for this mini uh, review, but it's definitely semi-complex, I would say. This isn't, you know, the most complex you've ever had in your life, but it definitely has multiple different flavors going on throughout the palate. Now, the moral of the story, collectors are easy, and the only one thing that I'll say about collectors that I would stray from is getting super duper duper bottom shelf. We're talking like, it depends on the collector, that's the problem, but for me, I'm talking like sub $15, sub, eh, maybe even sub 15, I would drink. I love Rebel Yell and it's 15 or Rebel Bourbon. Um, but we're talking super duper bottom shelf. And the biggest reason I would stray from that is that you never know the collector. There are some who won't even go near anything under $20. And so it really depends. And there is, I mean, whiskey is one of those things where it's not just puff and smoke. When you say you buy a more expensive whiskey, there is something to it. Better with, or more expensive whiskeys, often tend to correlate to taste better, right? So there is something to it, and some collectors might really, really not drink bottom shelf whiskey. Most of the ones that I do are okay with it. Like, I actually, honestly, I can't think off the top of my head of anybody that I talk to who collects whiskey and doesn't drink the lower shelf stuff just because it's like another whiskey that you can try. Um, But some people will, and that would be my word of caution uh, for people like that. 
Now, those are all my tips uh, for buying whiskey for collectors. And when you get into non-collectors, it gets a little bit more general, but also a little bit more easy. Because if somebody's not a collector, they're probably going to be happy with anything. If you're getting it for them because you think they like whiskey, they don't really collect it, right? But maybe they drink whiskey. Um, maybe... They only mix their whiskey, but you know they like whiskey. Um, maybe they are have been talking about how they want to get into collecting or want to learn to like whiskey properly. You should introduce them to this show if that's the case. Uh, but at any rate, um, they're pretty easy because they're probably going to be happy with anything that you buy them. I mean, at that rate, whiskey is just something that's kind of expensive. And so if you buy it for them, it's like, oh, sweet. I got something that you know I don't have to go out and buy now. Uh, so the rules definitely get a little bit more general, but to knock out the obvious ones, maybe they've been talking about a specific whiskey that they want to try. They're like, so-and-so always likes this one. Maybe I want to try it. That's definitely a go-to. Um, the next thing would be if they've been talking about how they want to get into drinking whiskey would be a beginner whiskey. I talk a lot about the best beginner whiskeys. I actually have a uh, TikTok about the best beginner bourbons, and I talk about in general the thing with getting into whiskey is I always say you should try multiple categories. Now, this doesn't apply to buying somebody a gift because you're probably not going to buy them one from every category. I mean, I guess if you are, that would be my tip, would be at least if you're going to buy them three, get them a bourbon, a scotch, and an Irish whiskey so they can try all of them. But I'm going to assume that you're not doing that, and you just want to buy them a whiskey. Now, the tip that I always say is try one from every category, but the most welcoming tends to be a bourbon because bourbons have a lot of corn in the recipe. For those of you who are new and don't know this, bourbons have a lot of corn in the recipe. And when you age corn, it gets very sweet. It gives like a general sweetness kind of over top of the rest of the whiskey that makes it more welcoming than some other drinks. Some people, I actually have people comment on my TikTok, which this is new actually, but I've had people comment about how bourbons aren't true whiskey, quote unquote, uh, because the, the corn, it's like drinking corn syrup. I had one person comment that. And uh, that's, that's totally a matter of opinion. I personally love bourbons because I love that sweetness that the corn brings. Um, but that's, my point is that even people who don't like bourbon usually recognize that it's pretty sweet. And that's usually pretty welcoming for beginners. There are a lot of really good beginner bourbons out there to try. You can find them all over online. But something that I've learned from being a part of the online drinking whiskey community is that everybody disagrees about what the best beginner bourbon is. I had a video, uh, TikTok, like I said, saying the best beginner bourbons that were on my shelf at the time. And I had so many people commenting that they love those whiskeys. And I had just as many people commenting that those are not beginner bourbons. Those stink. They're gross. So it really is a matter of opinion. And at the end of the day, I would Google something that you see, you know, maybe multiple times as a good beginner bourbon and get them that if you think that they're just going to try to get into whiskey. And with that, I would give them, you know, a link to a podcast that would teach them about how to drink whiskey, perhaps one called Whiskey Noobs. <laughs> but that that that's my best advice for somebody who's just trying to get into whiskey. Now, a couple of tips uh, for that. I, I know I didn't give a specific bourbon, but there are a lot of really good ones. You can't really go wrong with, with most of them. But a couple ways you could potentially go wrong if they're just trying to get into whiskey would be try to get them something welcoming. And by that, if they haven't drank straight liquor often before, try to get them something that is going to be lower proof. Now, for bourbon and for scotch and for Irish whiskey, for the majority of non-flavored whiskeys, the standard is 80%. So, or 80, whew, 80% is pretty strong. 
80 proof, 40%, sorry. If you get them something that's 40% and it's, you know, a, a bourbon or a scotch or an Irish, you're getting them the minimum alcohol strength that you can get in that category. And that's usually a good thing because a lot of times you want the higher proof because there's more complexities. You want the, the more alcohol, but you have to have a pretty developed palate to drink that. So you might hear about how people love single barrel, which a lot of times is barrel strength or barrel strength or cask strength. You might hear those words get thrown around and how much you love cask strength. Well, the reason for that is usually that's a seasoned whiskey drinker who likes the complexity that comes with the higher alcohol content. If they're very new to drinking straight liquor, that higher alcohol content is going to taste like gasoline. And 80 proof might taste kind of like gasoline. So you want to start them with the 80 proof is my personal recommendation. The odds of them being bored with that are very slim. Unless, like I said, they've been drinking straight liquor and they're super used to alcohol. They just want to get into whiskey specifically. But that seems like a really rare case. So that is my point there is you might hear that barrel strength and cask strength are the best. And to somebody who's seasoned, they probably are because they have all this nice complexity in them. But to somebody who's not seasoned, they probably do not. So I would aim for the 40% for a gift for somebody who's just getting into it. The final thing that I would say is try to figure out, especially if they're just getting into it, or even this does apply to collectors, try to figure out if they drink flavored whiskey or not. Because this is something that a lot of whiskey tasters, whiskey collectors, um, people who are in it for the tastings, for sitting down and tasting a whiskey, oftentimes do not drink flavored whiskey, at least in the same way they drink unflavored whiskey. So for example, you won't see flavored whiskeys on my wall in my collection. I do drink flavored whiskeys a lot. I've actually had multiple on the show. Um, so once again, I feel like I'm one of those where I like so much different stuff that none of these rules, none of these precautions apply to me. I drink the cheap stuff. I drink flavored stuff. But you never know. And and I think there are a significant amount of collectors out there who don't drink flavored stuff or at least don't drink it aside from maybe mixing it or maybe don't drink it at all. I specifically love flavored whiskey on the rocks. That's one scenario where I prefer on ice, but some won't. And so if you can figure that out or just stray away from flavored whiskey. Now, the flip side of that coin is some of the new, new, new people only drink flavored whiskey. They don't really know that people like unflavored whiskey. I've had that before where somebody like, you mean you like it without any flavoring in it? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And it's one of those things where you have to develop your palate. That sounded like a flex. It wasn't meant to be. But most people listening to this show also drink unflavored whiskey, so that's not a flex. Um, but the thing is that some people who are new, new, only drink flavored whiskey. So that's one of those situations where if you can figure out what their favorite is so far and they tell you and it's flavored, get them something flavored. If they tell you and it's not flavored, get them something not flavored. If you see their collection and it's a whole bunch of unflavored whiskeys, which is pretty likely if they're a collector, then get some, some get them something unflavored. That's just my precaution. Once again, I always like to, to prepare you for the worst. Like I said, most collectors going to be happy with anything. Most new guys going to be happy with anything. But I just want to prepare everybody for the worst because that's kind of the point of this episode, right, is the guidelines, what to stray away from and what to do. So same rules for people who are just getting into it as there are for collectors in that pretty much any whiskey gadget, whiskey merchandise, if it's their favorite type of whiskey, anything like that um, would probably be happily accepted with open arms. Um, and if you're listening to this episode, then I'm 
assuming you either just listen to my show and thank you for being a listener, or you have come here to learn how to give whiskey as a gift. And so you do want to get that person something whiskey themed. And if that's the case, then yes, you could get them something different. Something I didn't mention, I'm actually seeing it on my shelf behind my camera. And so I'm going to say it is flasks. I think flasks are super cool too. Uh, so they're another thing that you can get that are, that are pretty sweet and you can put neat whiskey in it. So it's not just cocktail related. It's also just straight whiskey related. Um, so you can get pretty cool personalized flasks, most whiskey drinkers, especially people who like to just drink it straight, are probably going to own a flask or want a flask or want more flasks because it's the easiest way to take straight whiskey somewhere and not have to share with everybody if it's expensive. So uh, flasks, definitely a good idea uh, for the whiskey collector in your life or the person getting into whiskey in your life. But those are the best tips that I have. Once again, these are coming partially off the top of my head. This is from my experience, and I like to think I'm pretty experienced in asking for whiskey as a gift, receiving whiskey as a gift, and giving whiskey as a gift. I've done all of those things uh, quite a bit. And so these are just my best tips, and I just want to help bring some ease to anybody, especially, especially if you're coming to this episode because you're nervous about buying whiskey as a gift. I want to put some ease in your mind that they're probably going to like it. Take a deep breath. And if you're too scared to buy them whiskey, buy them a gadget. Even if they throw it away, at least it's not something they'll be horribly offended by because you never know if it's going to be a semi-pretentious collector that only drinks this, only drinks that, only drinks above a certain price range. So hopefully that brought some ease to your mind. Those are my best tips for buying for the whiskey drinker in your life or soon-to-be whiskey drinker in your life. And before we round it out, I'm going to do one more quick tasting of this whiskey and tell you what it is. So as a warning, I actually think I'm getting more fruitiness than I got in the episode where I drank this. It might be hmm, it might be like a dark fruit. It might be more apricot and actually we may have said that in the episode. So maybe I just gave it away. Um, but it, I can't put my finger on it entirely right now. There's definitely a good fruitiness in it, but without a doubt, there's that strong sweetness, strong caramel. You might have narrowed it down to a bourbon by now because of that. Usually when I come out of the, the gates with that, then it's a bourbon. Maybe I'll throw you guys off next time and just talk about the fruitiness. But the other thing in this was the old wood, and bourbons tend to be pretty woody. So maybe you narrowed that down. Specifically, this bourbon has a woodiness to it that I said was like old wood. It was like an old wood, which typically has a funky smell to it. And one thing I say about this bourbon, and you can find online about this bourbon, is that it has a distinct quote-unquote funk to it. It's an enjoyable funk. It's not a bad funk. And so maybe you've narrowed it down by now. It is Wild Turkey 101 Whiskey. We had this on, I think, in October. Yeah, I want to say that was October. And... Once again, this is one of those whiskeys I want to remind everybody who listened to that episode. Every time I go back to it, I feel like I'm impressed by it. It is recommended so much. It's actually definitely the whiskey that I got beat up the most in the comments for not mentioning. And the reason I didn't mention it is because it's 101 proof, and it can be a little bit harsh for some people who are beginners. My TikTok was a bourbon for beginners. The person actually specifically asked for mild bourbons. And 101 proof is not a mild bourbon. So I don't think it's for beginners, but there is a non-101 version of it. And Wild Turkey, man, they've got it figured out. It is a very good whiskey uh, for the price. It's in the 20s. I want to say $24. And it is 
delicious as far as that price range goes. One of those whiskeys that you would think costs more than it does. So that's my little spiel on Wild Turkey. Very impressed by it. This is the Wild Turkey 101 once again. And if you haven't tried it yet, for how inexpensive it is, I recommend you do if you are able to drink 101 proof stuff. Maybe not necessarily that beginner bourbon that I was talking about earlier in the episode. But that is all the tips that I have for buying whiskey for the person in your life who drinks whiskey or wants to drink whiskey. Hopefully you got something from it, uh, and I hope that this helps people who are out shopping for whiskey right now. But hopefully it helps you enjoy your holiday and give somebody something that they really want. So that is my spiel about giving whiskey as a gift. As always, don't forget the most important rule when you're trying to learn how to drink whiskey is if you want to learn to drink, you got to drink to learn. And I know I say that every episode, but it's the truth, and that's why it's the motto for this show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure that you tell anyone you know who you think would be interested in the hobby or in the podcast. That way we can help to spread the word and continue to grow. Please also make sure to review the show on Apple Podcasts and share our posts on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs or on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. Uh, It only takes a couple of minutes and it really does a lot to help spread the word and grow the podcast. Also, there is an email list for the show. If you'd like to join, you can just send an email to whiskey noobs podcast at gmail.com and in the subject line put email list i will add you to the list and then you'll be updated every month with the whiskeys that we will be drinking on the show throughout the month that way you can drink right along with us and see if you're getting the same notes once again thank you so much for listening to the show the whiskey noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol